In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And this series is in cooperation with Cinda Virtual, which brings you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. Now, you can learn more about Cinda on www.cinda.org. Now, we don't only bring you thought leaders from all over the world. We also have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to the series, let me tell you what the series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions, and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance and business values and ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. Now, please listen to us live every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you miss us live, don't worry because we're all over the web. You can just put in Leadership Beyond Borders and you'll find us on every platform, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, all over the web. And also connect with me. Contact me at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com and let me know what you want to hear about on this show. So if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we'll make sure that you take away something useful for either your business or for yourself. Now, today, on to today's episode. Okay, I mean, Europe is moving ahead to remake its digital regulatory landscape, and Europe has passed two laws, Digital Services Act and Digital Markets, and these laws are intended to address changes that have altered the EU's digital economy in recent years. But what does that really mean, and what do the normal businesses, the SMBs, know about this and what do they think about it? They actually probably don't think about it, okay? They actually are more worried about trying to get digital presence for their own business. And as they struggle to do this, they made a lot of progress after the pandemic. We saw a big push to e-commerce from foot traffic, but now we're kind of back to normal and things are slowing down or aren't they? Well, today we're going to talk about a study that was conducted uh, that looked at European businesses, small businesses across Europe and what they're doing for their digital presence. Today, we're going to talk about this landscape survey, which was conducted by Insights and partnered with Duda. Our guests today are Paul Wood, the Vice President of Sales and Marketing and Insights, and Renato Bottini, the VP of Global Managed Accounts at Duda. Paul has been in the local search business for nearly 30 years and is an expert in strategic planning, product development, and go-to-market strategies. His experience covers multiple executive roles across Europe, North America, in both sales and marketing for large and small digital agencies. Renato has over 23 years' experience working in both telecoms and digital marketing with a focus on the needs of small business customers. Renato's team helps Duda partners that include some 
some of the largest posters, vertical SaaS companies, and digital agencies. So welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you, Kimberly. Great to see you. yeah, it's great. Um, I think we've had, I've, had, I've interviewed you guys a couple of years ago about this study, but I think it was pre-pandemic that we all got together. So let's let's first talk about, um, tell me first what the study is. You know, the studies, Insights, Duda, and, and Cinda have been cooperating on this study for quite some time. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, so this study is now in its in its fourth year. Uh, its fourth iteration, where we've tracked the same uh, initial 30,000 businesses uh, over the four years, and it crossed 12 European countries um, to measure their online presence using the the insights uh, analysis tool that allows us to take a look and see what their online presence is, not what they're telling us, but what's really out there. Um, We've we've partnered with Duda because Duda is one of the has the same interests as Insights in many ways, because we both work with agencies who sell to SMBs. So it's really really important for us to understand what's actually happening uh, in Europe. Um, and in this year's study, we actually added the U.S. We added thirty thousand businesses from the U.S. because we wanted to say see how they compared uh, across the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. And and Renato, so we, you guys have been working together for a while. Why is it important to do this over a series of years and not just to do it once? Well, yes, if you're um, if you're managing, if you're looking at uh, businesses, you want to sort of track and see how they perform over time. And uh, you know, no no small business just automatically changes over, um, immediately. And so it's important just to sort of see what, uh, what what things are changing, whether they are introducing new technologies, whether they are improving how often they engage with their websites. You know, a range of a range of factors and a range of uh, of insights that we get from this research. And uh, what's also interesting about the research is it's also split across categories, so you get a bit more understanding of which categories are are behaving in different ways. And uh, particularly with a lot of the technology changes, suddenly the introduction of AI and a variety of other things that are going on. Um, it's important that we uh, we understand, you know, which businesses need more help than others. Mm-hmm. Which is great to know. So, so you said you um, did thirty thousand businesses, and it's across categories. So, Paul, um, where does the data come from, and what are the categories that you're looking at? So, we worked with uh, a couple of different companies to make sure we got the data we needed that we were able to track. And one of those was Silex, and another was Infobel. Um, We also sourced some U.S. companies separate from those two um, to be able to pull them together. But Infobel provided a bit more level of detail because we added some business size, number of employees and turnover. So we got some more richness there. Um, Regarding the categories, we worked in six different categories. Trades, which would be your electricians, your plumbers, those type of things, professional services, accountants, um, architects, any of those type of things, uh, health, hospitality, health, um, and spas, and beauty salons. Um, and really what we're trying to get there is that there's a huge number of SMBs in those areas, even though we normally think of the large brand names. But um, think of your local accountant um, as a professional service or the lawyer who um started their business uh there's lots and lots in there mm-hmm. okay and and the, did the u.s study also use similar parameters then 
We did use the same parameters. We did not have the uh, business size, uh, unfortunately. We weren't able to accurately source that, but we did categorize them in the same way, mm -hmm. okay. um, in the same groupings. So what, what, what turned up new this year? Aha. <laughs> um, well, I mean, the first thing is we've seen a steady progression in, in Europe, um, especially after the COVID, as, as we talked about, there was that sort of surge of interest in online presence, but we're back to a new normal. Um, what we've seen is that they continue to move up, um, but they are still behind the US in a number of different sort of fundamental areas. And, and if we just take the, our blended overall score that we use, you know, Europe's now at 68.5, up from 65, and the U.S. is at a 71. Um, what What's really interesting is is that size of business does have a huge um, impact on what people are doing. Uh, if I have more than 50 employees, my average score is a 73 mm -hmm. compared to a to a 68. And there was an interesting EU survey that came out and things like on social media, twice as many large enterprises make use of social media. So 61% of them compared to 28% of SMEs. Um, SMEs are only exploiting e-commerce to a limited extent with only 18% selling online versus 38% of enterprises. So even though the internet is a leveling of the playing field in terms of tools and technologies, there's an underlying issue uh, that small businesses, 10 employees, 15 employees, are still struggling to adapt and adopt these different technologies. Mm -hmm. And Renato, I mean, you're a, a website um, provider, technology provider to agencies. So... Do you think, you know, this is probably because the, the 10 employees, they don't have the time, it's more complicated. Um, how can, I, I mean, what do you think about these numbers and, and, and how could you help the small businesses a little more? I mean, there's a, the whole industry is, is slowly improving. And I think um, we've been, we've been through a, a period where, you know, the pandemic came and went and uh, people suddenly got online, but ultimately the same challenges happen. The same, you know, these small businesses are very busy doing their business stuff, but they're, um, and they're, and they're, and they're struggling to spend time on this channel. And it's always comes back to, you know, how are these people, how are these small businesses going to be educated to be able to do the things that they need to do online? Um, so, uh, more and more, it's 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 incumbent on agencies and uh, and and technology providers to be able to make that easier and simpler and and more accessible to their to their customers. So, you know, we're always uh, looking at trying to improve uh, new 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 ways of building online presence in a more effective way and a more efficient way. And I think AI will play into that as we go forward. You know, we've introduced uh, the simplified editors to make uh, to help uh, businesses get online quickly and 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 effectively. Um, and to engage with them easily. So, you know, these are, these are, it's, it's a, a continuum factor, but there are, you know, there's a lot of business that don't actually take any, 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 um, you know, real attention to their online presence and other businesses that live and die by it. So um, it, it varies across the, across the sectors. Mm -hmm. Renato touched on something very important there, which is the education process. And, and I think we'll talk a little bit later about, you know, what does it mean for agencies? Um, 
the one of the questions is if you're going to service the small businesses say the less than than um 10 employees you're going to have to educate them and you're going to have to be able to scale you know do things at, at volume for a large number of these um for smaller agencies they're able to say take 50 clients as opposed to 5,000 clients. Mm. And the services they're going to deliver are more sophisticated, more probably higher value of an order in many cases. So agencies are going to have a real challenge on uh, on some of these things. And, and what, what Renato was talking about in terms of educating and making it much easier to do these things at scale, I think is going to be, be vital to service the small business. Yeah, well, I think we're going to come back to that in a while, um, and we're we're just about ready for a break. But before, I just have one question, Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, EU at sixty-eight point five percent, US at seventy-one. Um, is that is that difference really? Um, you know, are there certain countries in the EU EU that are faster than others? Um, do you, do you see that in the study? No, it, it's more of a distribution that the, the, the um, Europe is is relatively uniform, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is something that sort of came out of our studies is that, you know, we're talking one or two percentage points around that average. Um, the U.S. was sort of significantly more bunched up, if you will, mm-hmm. from a distribution bell curve where, where Europe has a lot more lower lying and a lot more uh, higher performing, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. So averages are a bit, you know, typical. Mm-hmm. The, the distribution of it, you would look at the Europe being a, a more of a bell curve and the U.S. looking a, as a tighter bell curve, if that makes sense, around 71. Well, well, I can imagine the U.S. has pockets. I mean, I can imagine, you know, uh, California, Chicago, New York, uh, exactly. Boston, okay, as compared to, um, you know, Sioux City, Iowa or something. Okay. Well, I've been to Sioux City, Iowa, so yes, I can I could agree. <laughs> but, but what's funny is I was going to say Montana, and then I started thinking about all the tourism. And yeah, when yeah. you have tourism, you have really good websites for a lot of these places for the hotels and things. So, so it's it's uh, it's very hard to pull some of this some of this out and say, hey, you know, yeah, um, just because it's Montana, beautiful place, or Sioux City. <laughs> Okay, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, um, I, I'd like to deep dive into some of the things that you found out and some of the results and how they look compared to this year and where are the trends going. And for our listeners, we're talking with Paul Wood. He's the Vice President and Sales and Marketing at Insights, and Renato Bottini. He's the VP of Global Managed Accounts at Duda. And we're talking about Cinda's Landscape Survey, which looks at small and medium businesses across Europe and looks at their online presence. Now, if you'd like to learn more about Duda, you can go to www.duda.co and they're all over social media also. And if you'd like to learn more about Insights, you can go to www.insights.com and they are all over social media. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of the fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. They hold virtual pieces of training, conferences, market research, and legislative white papers, as well as the market research study here, which is partnered with Duda and conducted by Insights. 
Now, if you'd like to learn more about Cinda, you can go to www.cinda.org. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business, and the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Class. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're talking with Paul Wood, who's the Vice President in Sales and Marketing at Insights, and Renato Bottini, who's the VP of Managed Accounts at Duda. And we're talking about Cinda's Landscape Survey, which is a survey that looks at the online presence of SMBs across Europe. And the survey is partnered with Duda and conducted by Insights. So, but we kind of talked before the break, guys, a little bit general about the study, um, some of the differences, and now this year you're able to compare it with the EU, and I'd kind of like to deep dive into it. And um, one of the things that came out in the study is analytics deployment is still low in Europe. So, Paul, can you talk about that a little bit and why? Well, I can talk about it. I don't know if I can give you a why, um, but you're absolutely right. I mean, in, in, across our European markets, the there were 51% uh, of the businesses um, had analytics, and you, you're thinking this is this is insane. In America, 72% of the businesses had analytics. Um, now, we saw great uptick in SSL and things like that because hosting companies will, will provide that sort of data there um, as part of the package that you buy. But analytics, I think, is still um, a bit too complicated for people. It's another thing for them to check. It's not high on their list. Um, but it is really the lifeblood of whether you should have a website or not. And and this is something that you know Renato was touching on, education. You know, a, a website is not a work of art. It's a marketing tool. 
And, you you know, everyone can have opinions about pictures and colors, but the real goal is to drive engagement and conversions and leads and those sort of things. Um, and agencies, I, 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 I'll, I'll, if you allow me for a little really quick anecdote, um, I, I, I talked to a large sales force once and one of the sales reps said to me, oh, I don't really want to show how they're doing because I'm not sure we can deliver on it. And hmm. And, and my answer to that was, then why are you selling it if mm. you don't believe it? So so there's this this feeling that, you know, I think there's education not only of the customer, but also of the sales team that, yes, this is how it works. And it's not a one-off sale, um, see you next year. It's, it's an ongoing setting objectives, which is quite difficult to do at scale when you have 5,000, 6,000 mm. website customers. But that, that's a pretty big difference between EU and US, though. Really uh, is. Any any kind of guess, educated guess, on why I, that is? I I, I don't because <laughs> I I actually tracked one um, cosmetic surgeon company in Austria. I just went back and I went into the Wayback Machine because their score had gone from fifty to seventy nine, and what they had done is they had redesigned the website. And funnily enough, they didn't have any level A accessibility issues. Their performance went from 37 to uh, almost 60. No GDPR issues. They had been updating it in two years. And guess what? They had analytics. Mm -hmm. So somewhere along the line, after three years of having a website without analytics, they decided to rebuild it and talk to somebody who actually built a proper site for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's. It, I think we'll come back to education later. But um, that that difference really su- surprises me between the EU and US. But I mean, we have some good news stories too about the EU. Um, let's talk a little bit about the engagement and fixing basic errors. Um, that seems to be low, but there are other areas that are pretty good. I, I think one of the things that we, we've discussed over the years on this is that, you know, our business is really engaging with their property. And one of the things that, that we saw was that they were very, there were very low engagement in terms of updating content on the website. Um, the good news this year is that 48% of the business have updated their website in the last 30 days, mm-hmm. which, is, which is a significant jump from 37%. Now, still behind the U.S., um, a little bit. U.S. is at 59% updated in the last in the last 30 days. But I, I think this is this sort of sparks that you know we are getting some engagement. There is some knowledge here. Perhaps AI is going to play a role in terms of blog content and and auto generating to take some of the time pressures off or idea generation. Um, but it is, it is certainly a good news story on that side, that if they're showing that much interest, then maybe like that cosmetic surgeon, they will rebuild the website or at least fix the website of its basic issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's talk about AI a little bit. Um, Renata, let me come to you. I'm, I mean, you said also before the break that you think AI is going to help some of these issues that the small and medium businesses are having. Um, Where is it going to help? I think we're, um, I think firstly, you know, AI is uh, is not something that's so new. It's been around for for years. Many of our partners have been using it for many years and so on. But uh, what's changed is that the language models have become more accessible and people are able to to adopt them. So there is a, there's a a greater knowledge and understanding of AI firstly across the, 
across the, the whole of the population, really. And uh, even our kids are using AI these days to, you know, write essays and answer, do their homework and all sorts of things. So, you know, there is a, a real a real adoption in the in the populace. But, you know, when you come to to tools and uh, and, and a website uh, is, is, is a tool that helps a business, uh, you know, get found online and be and, and market to its customers and etc. It's important that we make AI part of the experience and an easy part of that experience. So, you know, we're using AI in Duda to, you know, help rewrite content on the page automatically whilst you're there or in the, in the editor, we are using it to, to, to go forward. We're using it to create blog content and we're using it to, these are areas where, where customers need help to automate and make things a lot faster and a lot more effective. So we're seeing we're seeing a big uh, a big adoption in those areas, particularly also in SEO. So SEO is is normally quite a painful process for for partners that are building websites, but Duda's introducing a capability to allow you to you know fix all your SEO components on your website in uh, in in one step. And that will be significant in terms of you know how firstly uh, those sites get found, and secondly how those uh, um, those how how long it takes to build these sites. So. Um, mm -hmm. so these are some of the things that we're seeing and, and, and uh, some, some of the reporting we're getting back from our part. Yeah. And do you think, I mean, if I'm a small business, what, what do you think will be the tool they'll use first? Will it be the content to, to try to generate blogs? Because, I mean, content helps SEO. Which tool do you think the S&Ps will, will go for first? I think that's really just where they'll get the most value. I mean, mm -hmm. I think creating content for you know, email marketing campaigns, blogs, posts, social content, those sorts of things. That's where I think the real value of uh, of AI is, mm -hmm. ideation, idea creation, all those sorts of things. But we're also seeing, you know, adoption of image creation and so on. So uh, mm -hmm. this is also something that's coming into play and is, uh, you know, we're seeing partners implementing, you know, um, image image AI, which is uh, which is really creating some outstanding results on on, on Duda websites. No, oh, okay. See, I think I think honestly, I, I, I second I second Renato there. We're saying I think one of the biggest steps for SMBs is that agencies are going to be able to support them better mm -hmm. um, using AI at scale. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think and I think talk about AI tools. Um, I want to move to an area that's quite focused in, in Europe. Um, I'm not exactly sure what's happening in the U.S., but um, talk about accessibility, okay? Uh, mm. Because I know that, you know, this has been getting more and more attention, and um, are, are, are SMBs aware of this? Um, I mean, a lot of times, even if you just go onto Microsoft, it says, do you want to turn on accessibility? Okay. Um, but, you know, what do they what do they know and what do they think about it? Um, so uh, from, from an accessibility point of view, it's obviously very big in Europe and it's always very big in the U.S. There's, there's a lot of, um, to be prejudicial here, a lot of ambulance chasers who are targeting businesses that have accessibility issues and I think challenging them under uh, ADA, uh, American Disabilities Act. Um, but the reality is, is that it's not really targeted at SMBs. It's targeted at more of the larger businesses that are out there. Mm -hmm. um, U.S., you know, I, I think I read a stat that said U.S. lawsuits have quadrupled in the past 10 years related to this. Um, and certainly people actively hunting. Um, but accessibility is a huge issue. And, and 
the websites in America have at least, uh, America and Europe, basically have at least 10 level one, WCAG level one, which is sort of the basic accessibility issues, whether it's con whether it's color contrast on the website, uh, legibility, images tagged and things like that. So it is an issue um, mm -hmm. that, that they're going to be faced. Now, how rigorously it'll be pursued in Europe uh, legally, we're not sure, although German courts usually follow these things quite heavily. Um, in America, it's always a liability out there. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah. it, it's a real challenge. So what solves it? I mean, what about accessibility widgets? Um, can they solve this problem for SMBs? Uh, yes and no. Okay. Um, and accessibility widgets do have a functionality that allow allow people with uh, impairments to be able to to utilize websites. Um, however, it it also says that my website isn't built properly if I need an overlay widget. Um, and secondly, it could be targeted. Some lawyers have actually targeted if you have a widget, you don't, you've got a problem. Mm -hmm. um, uh, widgets serve a function. I think I think they're sort of a medium term solution until you fix the actual issues on your website, mm -hmm. um, because it does it can interfere with existing uh, accessibility things on your desktop and everything on your phone that people use every day, and suddenly they come across a site with an accessibility widget, and it messes mm -hmm. up their mm -hmm. thing. So it's not universally accepted as a as a great solution yeah so um just quick to renato quickly um what what do you as a website builder how do you look at accessibility i mean um it's our it's our responsibility to enable you know to allow our our users to be able to you know meet accessibility challenges that's you know that's the that's our responsibility but um you know to to address accessibility fully it's not uh, it's not an easy process and it's not an easy thing for um, agencies or SMEs to do on you know there are so many levels to it and there and it and it's quite a complex uh, a complex space so we're trying to make that as easy as possible we've recent we've integrated you know a an accessibility tool into Duda that uh, automates the you know the, res the 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 fix of of many of these accessibility issues and is a constantly moving feast so we are it is uh, deeply integrated into Duda so that it automatically updates and updates your site when mm -hmm. it finds a problem. And it's looking across a whole base of business of, of Duda customers. So it's looking at, at new issues that come up and then it identifies them and fixes them. So we're seeing that as a way to help our agencies to address um, accessibility as a category. But uh, it's a uh, it's a it's a it's a changing it's a changing environment. People are are, are deciding. Our partners are deciding to actually address accessibility as a category and saying that they're, all of their sites are fully accessible, and uh, and that's actually something that they're going to market with us for putting front and center. That uh, you know you don't have to worry about us. Everything you buy from us is fully compliant from a whether it be accessibility or GDPR, and that's where our agencies are starting to to play the go to market. Mm -hmm. And just before we're getting ready for the break, but one last question on Paul um, real quick before the break. So what did your what did your statistics show? Are people are they SMBs becoming more aware of this? Um, no, they didn't. Um, yeah. I, I, I think in the US it's it's it, it pops up in Europe. I don't think people are, are as aware 
um, of what the issues are. Mm -hmm. Accessibility widgets in the US, 11% of the sites we tested had one. And in Europe, it was 0.37%. So if they were as aware as Americans, I would have thought that that number would have been closer. So... Well, they're going to be aware when they come out with the legislation. That's for sure. Oh, well. <laughs> just like J, just like GDPR, but that's quite low. And and you're right; it's probably higher in the U.S. because of the number of um, ambulance changes, as you said. Yes. Um, anyways, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, I want to talk about um, Core Web Vitals getting noticed, what the study is showing, and then how we can, you know, what we how what the education can look like so that next year when you do the study uh, the results will be even better than this year and for our, our listeners we're talking with Paul Wood Vice President in Sales and Marketing at Insights and Renato Bottini VP of Global Managed Accounts at Duda and we're talking about the European Landscape Survey and also the US one um, partnered with Duda and conducted by Insights. Now, if you'd like to learn more about Duda, uh, Duda is a technology company uh, with website building technology for agencies to use to help build websites, and they can be found on www.duda.co, and Insights can be found on www.insights.com. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda, one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing. They have conduct legislation, research, they have conferences. They also have a platform for startups and it's an e-learning platform that is free that helps startups go from idea to exit. And you can find this all on www.cinda.org. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it and profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. A little birdie told me Voice America is on X. Follow us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. 
Welcome back to Leadership Value on Borders, and I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're talking about the digital presence of small and medium businesses. And primarily we're talking about Cinda's landscape survey that took place in Europe. And this was partnered with Duda and conducted by Insights. But we're also comparing it to the study that Insights did in the U.S. And our guests today are Paul Wood. He's the Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Insights. And Renato Bottini, the VP of Global Managed Accounts at Duda. So before the, the break, um, we were talking about accessibility, okay, and um and you know what what you're seeing, and the numbers were, were quite quite low, but I, I just want to do a quick comparison, Paul. One quick question: the um, you know the privacy issues were quite low before GDPR and and some of the legislation in the U.S. was was launched. Um, do you think this is going to be the same trend as as legislation was lost? Then they're they're going to have to do it, or how can you compare it to GDPR? Well, I, I, I think it, it will probably go the way of GDPR in, in many ways. You know, it, our study showed that there's like 50, 56% of the European websites are missing a privacy policy. Um, but when you look in Germany, you know, that only 26% are mm-hmm. missing a privacy policy. So the Germans and, and, and the Dutch region sort of in general are much more privacy conscious. Um and GDPR is, you know, I hear more about it in terms of emailing people, less mm. about it on the website. So I, I think that the the issue of the website is um, more overblown in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are issues, whether it's the Google Font API or whether it's embedding YouTube videos, um, those sort of things could be, because they're part of the Google tracking ecosystem, um, on the YouTube embedded YouTube, you have to get a second consent. Yeah. Top of yeah. it. So, um, and recently, a German court just fined a website 100 euros for violating EU privacy laws by importing a Google-hosted web font. So there, there are cases where it comes up, but I don't think, uh, I, I don't think it's going to be. I don't think we'll see a huge change in GDPR, and I think accessibility for the smaller businesses will go the same mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so let's just let's go back to the actual presence. Why why SMBs have websites? Okay. Um, and Google has their core web vitals. Um, you know, and it and it's always a big fanfare every couple of years when they they announce a new ranking factor and stuff. So <laughs> and, I mean, is there anything you know that you noticed in the study that the SMBs are paying more attention to to make sure they have better presence? Well, I, I, I think there are a couple of things on this is is one. First, let me say that Europe passed eight and a half percent of the sites we tested passed or core web vitals uh, versus four and a half in the US. So there's a win for Europe. Um, but basically, the the one that off, it's most often failed is largest contentful paint because it's the three different uh, measures in there. And I found a study where um, in 2021, they they analyzed three million pages to see what passed and what failed, and the most failed was largest contentful paint. So mm-hmm. image layout stability, first input delay, those sort of things, SMBs are doing well on. Um, but even the ones that failed were still ranking highest on Google, 
Um, and and the answer was is that they failed better than everybody else, <laughs> right? Um, and and I know that Duda's done a done a bang up job because if you go to the the Google Core Web Vitals test on on the Google Console, you can see how different builders are performing. And I know they've improved significantly over the years. Um, I don't think it's going to hold you back too much if you fail Lodge's Contentful Paint. Um, as long as you've got good content and the, your basics are working. Mm -hmm. So if Dude is such, doing such a great job, Renato, what are you doing different than some of the other providers on this? Well, we're, firstly, we're obsessing about it, and it's a very, very key point to make. You know, this is, uh, these are ranking factors. These are factors that affect the user experience on a, on a website and ultimately you know, how that website performs for that business. You know, so Duda has for many years spent an awful lot of time and effort and resources on on optimizing for the three main metrics um, and that's uh, built into our DNA and that's why we lead you know the, mm -hmm. the, the, the market by by quite a significant margin yeah. um, another thing to say about uh, you know Corbett vitals is that in May 2020 in, in, in May 2024 they're going to be introducing the new metric which is uh, interaction to next paint which is a new metric which they've been driving at the moment and that will replace one of the metrics that already exists the first input mm -hmm. delay metric and that's kind of a big change and just that you know Duda is continually optimizing for the future state as well as the current state so mm -hmm. it's really really important that that we do that um and uh yeah that's why mm -hmm. that's why that's why our platform performs well yeah, well, great. Congratulations. So um, let me let me move on. Live chat. Okay, I, this is one of my favorite subjects because when I work, so I love it. And when it doesn't work, I hate it. Uh, so, <laughs> um, um, Paul, what do you, have you seen growth in that in twenty twenty three? Yes, minimal, but growth. Um, mm -hmm. It continues to go. Uh, Europe's now at about seven percent penetration. Um, of all the websites we looked at in the U.S., it was 10%. But, of course, we had some of the Spains and, and others that were up over 10 12%. So, um, again, there's a lot more variation um, in Europe uh, around that 7%. Um, I found an interesting study that, that was based – it was a U.S. study, but it said 42% of people prefer to use live chat hmm. than phoning particularly for a customer service and things like that. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm always shocked when I see that number saying, you know, basically half the people want to want to chat and I'm one of them and I can only chat with 7% of the businesses out there. Um, and I, I think these, this sort of omni-channel, you don't need to tie into just one. Um, you need WhatsApp, whether you've got Messenger, all of these sort of idea of unifying these, these different chat streams so that you can get your message out and answer them yeah. easily and efficiently. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, as I said, if it works, I love it. If it doesn't work, I hate it. But Renato, what are you guys <laughs> doing in this? Okay. Um, what, 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 where do you see the development in this going? I think it's just another engagement tool. You know, we, as Paul says there, the, the consumer is becoming less and less inclined to communicate with people directly or on a phone or on, in, in face to face and they want to engage more and more with uh, with um, with what we call you know transactional commerce and chat is one component of transactional commerce and so we're seeing a uh, demand from our customers to provide 
you know, solutions for, you know, omni-channel chat, which can be across multiple channels. It could be WhatsApp, it could be Facebook Messenger, it could be Google Messenger, it could be just a, a chatbot on the website. You know, but they all want them to come into into a single place. We're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of appetite from our customers to do that, and Duda is introducing you know capability to to support that uh, use case. But uh, you know, we see it as a as as part of a of a of a of a need to be more transactional online, and our customers need to be able to provide capability that uh, allows their their business customers to be able to you know transact with their consumers, and that's. Yeah. Uh, that's going more and more, and that transactional commerce spreads across, you know, product selling and e-commerce and our native mm-hmm. capability, but also mm-hmm. chat and booking and um, a variety of different engagement um, tools. Mm-hmm. And I also think as AI gets better, then they, you know, some of these chat tools will get better. Um, so hopefully in development. So. Um, just one quick question before I go to a couple of wrap-up questions. And it's just, um, did you measure, Paul, at all in social media? Um, you know, are SMBs keep keeping up with the new channels like TikTok and things like that? Um, not specifically TikTok, um, but I, I think we see that only about 60% of the uh, SMBs are using Facebook with their website. So mm-hmm. as an indicator that they're either treating them, if they have Facebook and they're not putting it on their website, they're t- treating them as two separate things, which is a mistake in my opinion. Um, but there's there's 40% who at least aren't even putting their their own page on there. Yeah. And that, that always surprises me that I think there is going to be a generational shift. Mm. But when we talked about live chat and omnichannel, um, being able to manage multiple social media, managing social media is is a labor intensive thing, yes. you know. So I think that the SMBs are, are, will probably keep to the minimum unless they have a, spe- a specific uh, Instagram or YouTube or TikTok or one of those followers that they're particularly interested in. Mm, yeah, it is quite intensive. So we're, we're getting towards the end. So let's talk, uh, kind of wrap this up a little bit. So first, um, uh, first, let me start with Renato, okay? Um, you're As a technology provider, providing technology to agencies um, that work with SMBs, what did you take away and what can you take away or what would be your message to, to agencies? Um, what can you learn from this study? I think it's a, it's a continuing challenge to, to improve the performance of small businesses. And um, I think that extends not just from um, the technology that they're providing, but also, you know, the service that they're delivering and how much, is the responsibility of the agency and how much is the responsibility of the of the business Mm. Mm -hmm. probably need to take on more and more of this responsibility um it's we're no longer talking about you know brochure sites and and sites where you're just uh you know somewhere somebody can go and find a contact form we're talking about engaging with businesses marketing to businesses and if you're not online and you're not delivering you know services through online channels then you're, you're missing a large chunk of the market and I think we have to really you know taking as part of our role is to to train our small businesses they're still going to need you to, to provide services and so on but um, we shouldn't be concerned about 
you know, them taking on more responsibility as a small business and engaging with the product you're providing to them. Yeah, okay. And Paul, what about you? A message for the agencies. What can agencies take away from this year's studies? Well, I think to get to get small businesses to engage in their website, I think they have to do a better job of confirming and proving what the ROI is going to be of the website or the live chat or the booking engine. Um, and it, it comes down to actually a small business is going to say, why should I put this money out there? What's my return? And if we can't quantify that better um, and have the agency that's selling focus on leads, we're going to deliver this to you or we're going to improve this and it doesn't have to be in a month it can be over a six month period or or the a 12 month period mm-hmm. but that's that's going to be critical because small businesses are going to say all right go for it but they're going to want immediate results unless you've educated them along the way um i think agencies have all the tools um they have all the tools coming along that will allow them to scale even servicing small businesses um but it comes down to what am I really going to get out of doing this change? Mm, okay. Good message. So um, as we conclude uh, for our listeners, so we've been talking to Paul Wood. He's the vice president of sales marketing at Insights and Renato Bottini, the vice president of global managed accounts at Duda. And we've been talking about Cinda's landscape survey, um, which covered Europe. And Paul also talked about the study that Insights did in the U.S. Now, for our listeners, this study is going to be available on October 25th on the Cinda website under www.cinda.org and it's available to all agencies or any of the listeners it's in the open section under research and just download it if you'd like to see it and if you'd like to learn more about Duda, please go to www.duda.co. And they also are all over Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And if you'd like to learn more about Insights, go to www.insights.com. And both uh, Paul Wood and Renato Bottino are also on LinkedIn if you'd like to reach out to them personally. And once again, um, thank you guys Uh, This has been really insightful, and um, we are going to make, Cinda is going to make this paper available, um, thanks to uh, Duda's uh, partnership with Cinda and the the great content uh, that Insights has provided. And for our listeners, again, you can receive the paper on www.cinda.org under the research section beginning October 25th. And you can also learn a little bit more about Cinda. They hold trainings, conferences, do market research, and legislative white papers focused on digital. Um, They also have an e-learning platform that is free, and it's available to entrepreneurs, and it takes, or it's available to agencies, to businesses, to anybody, which can take you from idea to exit. And you find all that on www.cinda.org. And with that, please listen to us again next week. And if you listen to us live every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Pacific time, and if you miss us, we're all over every major podcast platform. And with that, thank you, gentlemen, so much. Thank you, Kimberly. And uh, I wish all our listeners a good week. And tune in again next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. (laughs) 
Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.